0: Greetings, Pathfinders, and welcome to After Party 26. Dun, dun, dun. So we are going to be covering episodes 76, 77, and 78. Woohoo! The ones in Tefu. Yes. Yes. Basically.
1: (laughs) Episode 76.
2: Yep. Uh, So 76 was the... uh,
1: Onuris had a vision.
2: Yeah, started with Onuris having a uh, vision, taking the mask out, secretly putting it on. Yeah, decided
3: Um, not to tell anyone in the group about what's
1: going on
2: not trusting anyone
1: you're just going to try to take the freaking mask from him again. Yeah, for good reason at this <laughs> <I> mean, point. <laughs> yeah, the, the,
0: so the problem with that is, like, one, again, no hesitation to, like, put it on. And, two, like, it would have been probably less weird if you'd had, like, supervision. Like, if you'd been, like, Sudi, hey, I'm getting this vibe. Sudi could have, like, watched you to make sure you're not, like, yeah. wandering no, the streets if killing he'd people, woken, you know?
1: if he'd woken anyone up, there would have been a giant debate. And then by the time you put the mask on, the vision could have passed or not be in working anymore. So. Yeah, but, what eh. if it's
0: What if it's Tom riddling you?
1: Oh, it's Tom Riddle I'm just do. saying, like oh, this I has really got a riddle diary
0: written all over it.
1: Don't think it is, but yes,
2: but you don't. Well, know. you don't know, right? So it could have been. No, and Yuris takes the mask and throws it in the toilet.
4: Absolutely, <laughs> <then it> <laughs> the, way the mask was <laughs> <thing>. Comes back.
2: <laughs> no, so yeah, you got you did have that vision, which was interesting. You know, showing the same two brothers that you'd seen previously. We
4: still mm-hmm. don't know which brother is which. Yeah, you who. well, because we know it
3: can't be Dijarded the Second because that was farther down the line.
4: No, yes. it's de II. No, one of, the second. of, the oh, yeah. of the second.
3: yeah. No, no because Hakatep is Djeridit's uncle, I thought.
2: Yeah. Because Onuris is the son of my brother's son.
3: Yeah. So it can't be Djeridit. So it'd be the first. Yeah, it'd have to be the first the one the the first,
1: is the pharaoh that's dying.
3: So I don't know. So there's So one of
0: them is Djedet the second. One of them is Harkhetep.
3: No, one of them can't be Djedet the second.
0: This doesn't make any sense. To I'm me. confused then. So well, it's, it's okay, like with so the, the
3: monarchy in England or whatever. You can be James the first and then James the second, but there's like a huge gap between the two of you, like generation-wise.
2: So Djedet the first is the old pharaoh that's dying. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of those children you believe must be Hakatep because you're seeing it through the mask. So you're mm-hmm. seeing Hakatep's memories. The other one is not Hakatep, but would be, unless there's a third brother that you haven't seen, would be the father of the II. Ah, because okay. on we'll Uris, that guy. yeah, Hakatep from the original Onurus is the original Onurus's great uncle. Yeah. So his father's uncle
4: then, who's his brother. That's what we don't
3: know. You have no doubt? And we don't know yeah. which is which. We, we also, don't know yeah. if the older brother is Hakatep or the younger brother's Hakatep.
1: With the information we found in the newest episode, I think the older brother is Hakatep, because he's constantly ranting and raving about their enemies and how they're
0: not ready for war. Which would kind of fit with kind of some of the stuff we also God. discovered in mm-hmm. later episodes, yeah. But the big reveal there,
2: other than just, it's you know. the
1: priest that they're hanging out with. His name is Nahamra. Yes.
2: Dun dun dun. Who
1: Hakatep Called Citra a blood trader. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and also
2: yeah, and
0: Oniris didn't share any of this, so we don't know. Like they yeah, we don't know. It. No, no one knows yeah. anything about this.
2: So if Onuris so chokes on a pretzel or something, it's going to get It's off. written it's down, down in his journal. Oh, it's I, written in his journal. Oh, uh, how convenient. I actually,
1: journal. that's first—that's th- what I said when it was done, that he documented the vision before he went back to sleep. Wait, well, and you
0: see it snoopy and start snooping through Onyurus' journal so we can Sugar, learn. it's your turn. Sugar, go. I
1: feel like it would be, Sugar. Onuris <laughs> is, is waiting blocking. for a time that it's more appropriate to talk about this because sugar he knows a right now.
2: From size.
3: Yeah, but we, we know from experience that Onuris doesn't share. He never thinks it's the time to share.
1: Onuris knows right now that if he says anything about this, everybody's going to try to take the mask again, and we've had enough debate about that, and he's tired of it. Well, so. okay, what
2: episode was that? That, that was, was 70, episode
1: 76.
2: 76, so. Uh, and
1: later, that episode is the one we went into the paid stacks and yeah. found. Critted the library. Yeah. It was yeah. Critted the so, library. So, in
2: episode 126, which would be 50 episodes <laughs> later, then Onuris will share it because it takes him 50 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, yes. go. <laughs> you guys are deep through book four. He's like, you know, I had this vision
4: once. <laughs> Hollis is like, hey, I'm just going leave Sugar in the hotel
2: room. Uh, Don't mind her. But and, hope- and hopefully some of the original party is still there. Later on that day,
1: uh, that is when we went into the paid archives yes. and found out that uh, the Sky Pharaoh, found the image of the Sky Pharaoh with the flying in the background, which now makes, again, more sense with yeah. information <laughs> we have found in later yeah, episodes. I'll go ahead
2: and give this to you. The knowledge arcana kind of check that you felt there was to recognize that as the aromancy of the Shori. Oh. Uh, You've okay. now garnered that information elsewhere later on, but you would have known the Shori's involvement. And the end of that,
1: that episode is when we uh, decided, or when we would have to go into the Spiral Archive.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we basically found that we and, made, and the, the, we, and we codex. decided
1: <laughs> we were going to go talk to Mammonafer rather than the Hotya. Yeah. The hot Yeah. yeah. Episode 77 is where we met Mom and Ofra, and there was yes. lots of sexual harassment for people so yeah. on Urus.
0: Yeah, the, the, the worst part about that is if the if the genders were reversed, we would all be really grossed out about it. Like,
1: I'm grossed out about I know, it. I'm as, pretty grossed out about it already. As, as the character. It's, gross, it's funny
4: because it's on yours.
0: It the, is funny because it's on yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah.
1: A sexual harassment should never be funny.
0: Yeah, sadly. On
4: yours is going to say no if Wait. it comes to that.
1: she's no,
0: probably going to definitely punish us. I feel like we'll be making a hasty retreat out of the city then out yeah. of Osirian. yeah maybe out of the country
3: but he's got every right to say no true. all she said is that he had to come running she didn't say what he had to come running to do but That's she's fair. not very lawful
0: we've
1: we've on yours on yours has a high diplomacy check if he's polite about it he might get away with it yeah
2: yeah. I do find the inversion interesting though. It is, yeah. So does she just does she just go to the highest charisma character like it, it literally says she she's only surface level as far as her interest in people are concerned it's just the highest charisma because that would yeah. be the most attractive and probably most personable interesting individual. Fair. Uh, but yeah. as I also kind of portrayed in that episode, she doesn't really care about the person. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just you just know, a slab she, of meat she would kind of make
2: thing. these questions about Onuris and then immediately try to bring it back around to being about her again mm-hmm. because yeah. it yeah. doesn't really matter.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: goodness. his butt. Although you guys did make a couple sense motive checks to see that there was something far more. She's,
1: she's an intelligent lady who's playing the game as it should be played.
4: Yeah. Also, she's hilarious when dealing with uh, the Hatiyaka. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That also could be a really mean thing to do if we didn't dislike the Hachia. Like, that'd be really mean. Yeah, be like, ah, oh, yes, be important it. person of this town. You know, be my errand boy or whatever. Since so yeah. she's
1: been here for so long and isn't making any kind of noise about leaving, I think she's in this
0: town for a reason. Oh, most likely, yeah. I think
1: the pharaoh said there's something going on in Tefu...
0: Go figure it go out. Go figure it yeah. out. Yeah, maybe.
1: So that's why I kind of suspect that the come running
3: thing may not have actually anything mm-hmm. to do with something sexual, but probably like, hey, I need you to do this for me because the pharaoh needs.
2: If I this. need those well oiled muscles for beating face, <laughs> <laughs> come running. I mean, to be yeah. fair, that's more in line with like our skill set. Is hey, I need you to go and like she, slay she this does thing. No,
1: we are the champions of Wati. Yeah,
2: we're kind of we're kind of a big deal. Yep, you'd uh, you garner some information of in the town. I mean, honestly, it during your like information gathering, the big things were... The
1: is not paying her taxes, apparently. There's a
2: possibility that the Hatia might be involved in something like that. Or they're
1: pulling way more money than... Than
2: they say they, they are. are. Yeah. Tax evasion. So there might be something going on there, the whole thing with Momonofra. And, and uh, then apparently
1: the Hatia was nervous about us going into the Spiral Archive.
2: Yeah. Well, and also with the gathering information, you'd uh, you'd heard about the recent attacks. attacks and slaughtering of people outside of the city. Yeah, I also wonder if she's nervous about us going in there because of the
0: of uh, the lady in red. I don't think right? she knows about her. Maybe she does. Like maybe she like let her in on the sly. No,
1: nah, she would have just know. given
0: her permission. I guess that's true. Yeah.
1: And we met Kovac, who's been Do- helpful in research so far. I still
0: don't know what to make of him. Like, it just it just came out of the blue, and so I'm like. Huh. feels like a trap. It, well, it feels a little too convenient, right? So like my like paranoid adventurer brain is like, that's too convenient. That's got to be a trap. But then again, I've been burned too many times. <laughs> yeah. Clearly.
1: Yeah, but we've also in other adventure past been suspicious and not let people help us and been told later, hey. It would have yeah. been really helpful
0: if yeah. you had done that. Yeah. yeah, so.
2: I mean, there's a pretty famous example of that in uh, Curse of the Crimson Throne. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Didn't
4: we let her help us?
2: Yeah, but the Heather was notoriously never trusted. Uh, yeah, oh, so right, that was yeah. that was an occasion where A lot of people didn't trust her, but inevitably she was a force for the greater good. Yep.
1: I don't think he's up to anything. I really think he's just a scholar dude. That's like, hey, I remember when you helped me. Let me help you out. But also give me
4: some time in the spiral archive myself.
1: Honestly, if we finish this thing the next day, you don't think Onuris is going to come
4: down here on day three to do
0: his own research? Yeah,
4: I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. uh, So I don't have to vouch for Onuris every time. Well, here's the
0: interesting thing about it, and this kind of like it kind of just played out in a really nice way. He's into aromancy. Uh, We're looking for some kind of aromancy powered, you know, flying fortress, if you will. So, like, Mm -hmm. his interest may actually align with what we're trying to find. Yeah. We're trying to find this flying pyramid or whatever.
1: That leads us into the episode where we're in the spiral archive, and there's this weird lady in red that's obsessed with rings that apparently a pretty high flipping level caster. We also never
2: got her name. She nope. probably
1: wouldn't have told us
4: anyway.
2: She might have. Might have. You never know. The Damon might have told you his name. We you did get
4: the name of the Invisible Stalker.
0: That's true. Yeah. Who is
4: now our friend. Akash.
2: Yep. Yes. Akash.
0: That's good. Um,
1: and we're gonna get yeah. a scroll to fix his friend. Because Rick made us feel feels.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to know how many people talk to these invisible stalkers. I really. Um, proud I'll of
0: go them. ahead and, t- and tell you. Probably not too many groups are like. I'll I'll drop 1,600 gold to, to free the uh, invisible stalker. <laughs> yeah, talking in to him is free. Yeah, well, for talking That's free, true. but yeah, we go the extra mile and like put put our gold where our mouth is on being good people. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: yeah. But no, you, they, also, you also made a very good diplomacy check into yeah. from unfriendly to. I think you bumped them all the way up I to think friendly. It was
1: yeah. He seemed so, helpful, yeah. And we found a bunch of information about the Sky Pharaoh, finally. Wow, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. sure. Where go, he go was trying to make some sort of super weapon, and he has flying pyramids, and thought uh, no, they were going to... Not trying, he
2: made. Oh, yeah, he no, made he a succeeded. super weapon. And he, he made a flew weapon on to...
1: pyramids. Yes, yeah. and he apparently thinks that we were going to be attacked by the Shori Empire. Oh,
4: and it's a heart we're looking for. Yes. Yeah. And it
1: wasn't under the order of... To Jared the second, no. this other group of Nethians just uh, frickin' did it for funsies. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Blah, blah,
1: blah and then To yeah.
0: rounded them all up and started executing them. So here's an interesting question for you, Rick. I've literally never heard of the Shiori Empire. Is that
2: new in this oh, adventure? Path? No, it, it has been, part, been of the, part of the it has lore? been part of the campaign setting since the very first three point five. I've heard book. I've heard okay, the name before. Okay. Like
1: hearing Shiori is not like a
0: totally okay because I have
2: never like yeah. encountered the, it. In the any Shiori of the stuff. are. So the very short version of this is The Shori Empire was founded by one of the 10 magic warriors of the old mage, Jitumbe. Oh, Jatumbe, yeah. Jitumbe, Uh, one of his 10 warriors founded the Shori Empire. Oh, okay, okay. uh, And created, it was effectively, these these people were were down on the ground, they were dealing with all the hardships and everything, and he created a magic to lift up entire cities into the air so that they could live above all of the dangers on the ground. The interesting thing pertaining towards them is that they were, there's an argument that the Galarian setting, that the, I guess now the Lost Omens campaign setting, is a kitchen sink setting. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. it is, you want classic fantasy? Okay, we'll come over here to Varisha. You want knights battling one another in jousting tournaments? You've got Taldor. You want sword and sandal fighting? You go to the south. So on and so forth. You just look at Numeria and its mix of high-tech and low-tech. Yeah, and, yeah but uh, it all
1: works. Right. It doesn't it, feel...
2: It doesn't. And the thing with the Shuri is the Shori falls into that category of the ancient magical empire that flew in the sky. Yeah. You know, it exists in Forgotten, uh, Realms. The Forgotten Realms. It's been in uh, a Heather, ton of Heather, video games. Yeah, Heather
0: Named off a back bunch. to my first yeah.
2: one, which is always Chrono Trigger and the Kingdom of Zil. Yeah. And so it's kind of a classic trope there. And then, of course, they fell because of their own...
1: Arrogance. Arrogance
2: or their own over-reliance on magic, so on. But no, they've existed since the very first books, but they kind of fall into the, it's like the Jiska Imperium, or Thessalon, or Aslan. These empires that were so old um, that they don't exist anymore. No, it's its a very old empire. It's always intrigued me because there's very little about it, other than the fact that if you read through the Milwaukee book, they talk about it because mm-hmm. there's a lot of ruins left over from where the cities crashed. Anyway, so they,
0: they very much intrigued Pretty me. much first time in an adventure path. Yeah, would, yeah, I think this would
2: probably be its first Does mention. This, they're not mentioned planet. in like Serpent Skull or anything like that. So, Well, no, because the Serpent Skull was involving a lot of events that took place before Earthfall, yeah. and the shore didn't exist at that time. Yeah, exactly.
1: 78 ended <laughs> with our new friend, uh, Akash. Akash, Akash, coming to tell us that the re- lady in red was coming back down. The
2: red woman approaches.
1: She she may just be coming to get more books for her own studies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, but, can
0: I just throw it out there? Who in the world thought pieces of magically enhanced parchment would make good bridges? Come on. The, the, <laughs> the a, casualty count yes, has got to be astronomical. It's
3: supposed to be so you are very dedicated to getting your information that you are willing to risk your life. I
0: mean, clearly. Good gracious. <laughs> Imagining this place of like, you know, a bunch of these like crisscrossing bridges of parchment. And I'm just like, this, this sounds like terrifying. Like, I would not want to be the librarian who has to put all the books back.
3: I don't think they get put back. That's why nobody knows where any of these scrolls are.
4: <laughs> no, I think they very particularly <laughs> get. I
0: don't back. know. Yeah.
2: Like, let me all grab this a. Is
4: definitely going to hide the books in a different place so that if we come back tomorrow, they won't just be gone.
2: i grab a couple of sticky notes here cuz I got this book open in front of me. I'm going to cover up some other stuff on here. But we'll post this up uh, online for all of our listeners, but like that's the actual map of the place that you guys have gone Oh, for. wow. Which is a weird place. And all of the maps in this book are just super weird. I love like it. they're strangely designed after arcane symbols that you can't possibly understand. Yeah. I do like that it kind of it kind of looks like an eye.
0: Yeah, it does. It does a little bit, yeah. Cuz it's kind of got like some decorative like Eyelashes. like where, where like, it's looping yeah, back seven times actually yeah. kind of looks like something you might put on the edge of your eye yeah. oh
4: seven times is interesting
0: yeah yeah yeah. that's yeah. a magical
4: seven schools you know, of magic thing. yeah so
1: next time we may start with a fight or it may start with just talking our way around this
0: lady depending <laughs> like, who on who how it goes yep. is she even a lady though you know like maybe I'm not convinced I don't know I'm not convinced yeah. that she's and like... we're
1: definitely gonna tell Kelru hey there's a lady down there
0: oh for sure yeah, yeah.
1: We killed her for you.
0: You're welcome. Give us money. Oh come on! Shh. If we can, we're gonna take her alive and throw her back out and be like, "Hey guys, do what you do with her." Okay, I mean, like, she'll probably disappear. <laughs> that's lawful. I mean, she, I mean, whatever. But like, this is not our town. But like, Citra's gonna try not to kill her. If it, Oh no, Citra's the it. same way. Yeah,
4: she flushed to stones. People, we'll see how it goes.
0: I mean, yeah, if, if she if she turns somebody to stone, maybe drop you off
2: know, it. cone of cold the entire party. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. You have no idea what she has.
4: I, <laughs> I do have energy absorption. Objure. But did you pick cold? I don't have to pick. Oh, you don't have to pick? I have to pick for my resistance. I don't oh. have fire on right now.
2: Yeah, fire is always a good, was, good bet. I was going to yeah. say. Also, it helps against uh, heat damage from extreme environments. Yeah, that's what awesome.
3: I All right, so what do we got next, Jordan?
0: All right, so got a couple of emails here, so I'm
2: just gonna start reading them off. We've actually been getting a lot of, just to throw this out there, we've been getting a whole lot of emails and congratulations of our, our Paizo deal and the Patreon and everything else, and we really appreciate those as Yay, well. Yay, thank yes, you so and, much, uh, thanks. Also, strangely international is the theme hey. for this uh, this week. Oh, international, So our okay. first
0: email comes from Ryan from Edinburgh, Oh, I love
4: Edinburgh
2: Yeah, I would love to go
4: back there We went there for our honeymoon and it was amazing
2: Yeah the Royal Mile was fantastic uh, It's just a beautiful city say,
4: If he's a patron I definitely placed him
0: somewhere But I don't remember
4: where
2: <laughs> Yeah I was going to say I, Scotland
0: It was something with trees
2: yeah,
4: it
1: was
0: <laughs> I feel like I feel
2: like we've placed somebody from Edinburgh before. This right? is kind we of have. the first time we've run into this. If you are a patron and we place you, feel free to place the place that we place you because otherwise we're going to... We're going to forget. Well, we because when, yeah. I, when I hand out the emails just so we don't accidentally read last names, I only put first names on there. And yep. there are a number of people named John in the world. And we might yeah. have more than one John put somewhere. So sure. if we misplace you, we apologize in advance. Ryan. All right. So anyway, Ryan says...
0: Hey guys, love the pod. have been listening since about episode 10. Came wow. from the glass cannon looking for another show that could scratch my itch for actual play Pathfinder and was amazed at the quality of your show and I'm constantly hey. amazed at your rule knowledge. Oh, thank First you. First off, yes, thank you. Um, a bunch of
4: contract devils. <laughs> 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 You're not supposed just, to tell them. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I uh, forget you oh, heard yeah.
0: that. <laughs> I mean, the rules lawyers would be contract devils when they died, <laughs> we know. That's really just right. Um, I am so happy you guys have become official as well. You more than deserve it. Uh, I was quick to pledge on your Patreon. Thank you. Aww, Thank yay. you. Thank you very much. Uh, we've been really surprised by the Patreon feedback, just to throw that out there. Um, All of your
2: outreach and generosity. Is yeah,
0: yeah, we've been, it's been amazing. blown, truly blown away. Quick question for the group. I was wondering when deciding characters for the game, if you knew the party makeup beforehand or talked about it. Some games <laughs> I've played in two, uh, two players have w- waited to see like party makeup to see what the party needed before deciding. So did we did we talk about it beforehand? We
1: usually always talk about it. We, we talk
0: about it in like general terms like okay, gross. I'm going to be I'll be frontline on this one. I'm thinking of playing like a rogue. Um, you know, I I want to do an arcane caster. I don't know if we do necessarily like specifics
2: of our characters. The only
4: one that we ever really have to decide beforehand is who's going to heal everybody? Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. What I will throw out there just as a general observation from the GM is Heather always is the first one to pick her character class. And Rachel is always the last. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Rachel can
2: sometimes, it's like uh, the Rachel's
0: week before busy. and Rachel's like, I finally decided what I want to be. <laughs>
3: okay, so so I, yeah, I'm usually the last one. But I, I actually like sometimes being the last one because then you guys kind of pick what you need and i don't really mind filling whatever role we need yeah. i'm i'm okay with that every now and then i did have one uh ap that we played where i was like no this is the character that i am playing and that was uh rise of the Rune Lords.
2: from uh from the standpoint of someone who doesn't actually play i will say that i almost prefer to fill in the gaps uh, i sometimes fall victim to the uh what is it the you know i have too many choices and then it, i actually find that i'm more creative when i'm limited in my selection so if i know that i need to play a fighter or a martial character that gives me way more direction than if i'm just grabbing something random and
1: our group is also really good about this social contract of it all If Onuris dies, I'm playing another healer. Yeah, And if Sudi dies, Jordan's going to fill the front line. Yeah, Yeah.
2: Rachel has that word for me. Paradox of choice. Paradox Paradox of choice. That's That's what I thought it
1: was, but I wanted to verify. And, And that's something we're true of in all of our games. It's one of those, when you pick your spot at the beginning of the AP, that's what you are. Unless, like we had in this case, where Sagira and Sudi were both filling the role... And so Sagira yeah. came
4: back as what we were missing. Yeah.
1: Usually, it's one of those. Like I said, if Onyrus dies or something happens to yours, I'm going to come back as some other kind of divine caster.
2: And a lot of times, a group can be missing one of the big four. Mm-hmm.
1: We've had that. We've you missed know. rogues
2: as long as and arcane yeah, casters. We, we never are missing a healer. That's not something. That's we've kind of the done. one you really can't. Yeah. Go without. In first edition, and second edition, there are a lot it's, of. Yeah, there's a lot more. Behold. Like,
4: but we also really uh, like a lot of us like to play divine casters, so we'll
0: have like yeah, that's true. a
4: cleric is, and a yeah. war priest. And a...
1: this yeah. is one of the only games where on yours is the only one casting healing magic. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. it's very rare. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, usually
0: somebody's playing
2: like we're, like we're a usually war we or something. way, we way
1: more play. like Tyrant's Grasp. <laughs> true, yeah. Yeah. Tyrant's Grasp yeah. is yeah. Yeah. So way more like normal up on for the healing. us. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Curse of the Crimson Throne was the one where we almost had all divine casters. in Well, it.
1: we had the a, a cleric, and then we had a paladin who had healing, and then my I had the leadership feat in that one, and we had a shaman
0: who also healing. had healing. There yeah. was also a ranger
2: sure. who had healing. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so I was, was a rogue, yeah, and I, know, rogue.
0: I didn't yeah. do much
1: with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. we do, I cool. guess to, in short, yes, we do talk to each other
0: about who's playing what. At least from a roles perspective. Because
3: <laughs> um, every now and then if somebody's like, I want to play this thing, then everybody's kind of like, okay, you play that thing. We'll do something else. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Uh, all right. So Ryan signs off. Thanks for all your hard work. Ryan.
4: Thanks, You're Ryan. welcome. Classic. Classic.
0: Thanks, Ryan. All right. Our second email, I'm actually kind of excited about this one, uh, is from Lucas from Brasilia Brazil. Which I was recently in Brazil. Fantastic country. Highly recommended if you want to go down to South America. I didn't go to Brasilia. I actually went to Sao Paulo and Rio. But um, uh, Brasilia is
2: actually the capital city. I, I have not been to South America, so yeah. that would probably be probably
0: Arcadia.
3: Be it's one of yeah. the few continents Jess and I have not visited. Arcadia?
2: Yeah, I happen to go down there
0: for work, so uh, really. Jess just, just says Arcadia. 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 A Arcadia. A All city right, in so. Lucas from Arcadia. What is the city that Luis. Rosa I don't know. Uh, he
4: picked it for the Patreon, but I don't remember.
0: Yeah, uh, if they have like a planned city, Brasilia is actually a planned city, kind of like New York City. So I don't know. They have something anyway, like, similar. Like from that, Arcadia. But, so Lucas from Arcadia now. Uh, says, hi, I'm Lucas. First things first. Hey, Lucas. Yeah. Hi, Lucas. <laughs> yeah. First things first, you guys are amazing. Your oh, RP is you. great. Oh. I'm loving the podcast. Just got caught up to the latest episode. Falto is definitely my favorite NPC. Ours yeah. as well. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I wish I was as good at Rick, as Rick when playing any NPC. That's very, yeah, that's very nice. Thank you.
4: Yeah. Aw, look at him. He's blushing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Contract devils don't blush.
0: That's cool. <laughs> they're, they're naturally red. red. Yeah, they're already red. <laughs> <laughs> While listening to you guys, I found out that my PC on Rise of the Rune Lords would be perfect for Mummy's Mask, hmm. a Ferazma Necromancer that after seven levels, I remembered the existence of the Harrowed Necromancer archetype that I chose. Hey. Yeah. Hey. There you go. Very nice. I have two questions for you. One... Does an archetype change the character retroactively? Using my character as an example, it's a necromancer that is against undead, follower for Phrasma, but when creating my character, I forgot about the Harrow necromancer. When leveling up, can I choose the archetype and have it like affect retroactively? So that's more of a- Rules, game,
2: rules yeah. as written, no.
0: You have to take it when you make the, the character.
2: Well, you have to take it when you reach the level that you would first replace an ability and the archetype from an ability from the class. That being said, Mm. the retraining rules would let you retrain that pretty easily yeah. and if you have a if you have a generous GM I imagine if you could travel to a town the only problem with the retraining rules is that you have to find someone that teaches you yeah but if you have a generous GM and you can find a, a variation camp with some you know horror wars or something you could probably Which I make feel like in
1: rise of the rune lords it's not a stretch yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. okay second question do you record the episode in the same week of release, especially the after-party episodes? Um, no. No. <laughs> no we uh,
2: we usually record out by a week or two just so that if something comes up, if someone gets sick or if there's a you know, pet emergency or anything like that, that we don't have to worry about the dreaded option of missing a week, which is we, a concern yeah. for us.
1: We usually have the episode that's about to come out ready, and then we try to have at least two in
0: the backlog in case of emergency. Now, Rick, I don't know, do you edit the episodes the week of release
2: or do you get like do you have them like three or four episodes edited out? I'll I'll usually have an episode edited a week to a week and a half before it comes out. I'll do the last pass on an episode usually a couple days before because you get to a point where you've been listening it too long you don't really hear the things anymore so I'll give myself a week off and then give it another pass through and then go okay good. That's usually when I add in things like sound effects and stuff to it would be in that last pass. With the after parties, we do record the after parties immediately after the episodes that we play so that we don't spend weeks talking about the events of those things amongst ourselves off air and then get to the point where we're sitting at the table and then forget to actually talk about the events of the the last three episodes.
3: Or accidentally spoil something for later episodes. That's true.
2: there have been times that we've recorded an episode and then released it a few days later. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, we try not to do that because that's a lot of stress for Rick, especially to have to edit it all and add the sound effects and everything in for it.
2: Oh, uh, and especially now with the uh, with the Patreon coming out and our ability to attend more conventions and stuff, we'll have okay. to have more free weekends more to do that. Walk, yeah, so
0: yeah. And from what I've what I've been able to tell, most content creators record ahead of time and yes. do editing for for like conventions and stuff. Exactly. We never
2: get too far ahead because we want to be able to to respond to user feedback
0: yeah I don't don't want to say oh man that was like three months ago what what happened three (laughs) months ago
2: because like I'm not going to remember yeah don't worry we have not already recorded episode 100 and we're just holding on
0: to it yeah no definitely (laughs) haven't done that Uh, it also helps us with like email and stuff for the after parties to be somewhat you know recent to what's going on so anyway Lucas signs off once again you do an amazing job love you all Aw,
1: thank oh, you. Love you, too. Love love you too. too. Love you 3, we 000. love all of our listeners.
0: Aw, you did it. <laughs> what? I said love you, 3,000. Oh. <laughs> we love all of our listeners. Yep. Um, all right, so our third email comes from Gary from the Die by the Sword podcast. Gary. cool. There's somebody from another podcast writing okay. us. Hey.
2: They're also native to Dallas. I've met them a couple times. Oh, really? Oh, cool. I I've, I've met them at a couple of uh, get-togethers with the Glass Cannon. We absolutely need to do, like, a Dallas
0: get together of all the podcasts. We have a surprising number of podcasts that record here in Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yeah.
2: We need a Dallas Podcast Con.
0: Dallas
2: We are not we are not volunteering. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Nobody else do that? We are not the organism. We will show
4: up. Yeah, But you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So, Gary writes Hey guys I'm really enjoying the show As I mentioned to Rick At one of the Dallas GCP meetups Mummy's Mask Is one of the APs I really want to run I've always been fascinated By ancient Egypt So the Assyriani elements Would be so fun To delve into It is I'm glad I have somewhere That I can tune in To listen to it
2: Thank you. Oh, thank you.
0: Uh, currently, we're running the Carrying Crown campaign for our Die by the Sword podcast. We're having a blast with it. We've released 13 episodes so far and are amazed at how quickly the show has been found and the downloads started increasing. Lucky 13. Yeah, very nice. That's uh, you know, You're you, probably well past that by this point. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, when do you feel like Find the Path really took off? Did you guys do any hardcore marketing or was it primarily just <laughs> word of mouth spreading the news of the show? There's a part of me that's like, I don't know if we've ever taken off like it's I've always been <laughs> <laughs> like, We're,
1: I think we have Jordan. <laughs> there,
2: there was a moment where early on we had a couple of episodes out and it just kind of felt like we and our immediate circle of friends had listened to it and no one else had. <laughs> uh, and I remember looking at our uh, our numbers and then from one day to the next, it spiked from like averaging 40 or 50 downloads to over a thousand from one day to the next. And honestly, I, I want to give a shout out. We did way back in the day when this happened, uh, a shout out to the Nerds on Earth community because mm, they yeah. Yeah. they did a lot to really push for us. So uh, Clave
1: found us. Yeah, Klaive yeah.
2: just stumbled across us and uh, kind of pushed us there. And yeah, we have never once done any paid content or paid advertising. Uh, no. It has always been word of mouth and the community spreading and the, the community is amazing. And you guys just telling your game groups, telling people at your local gaming stores, telling people at conventions about us does so much to spread the word mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and help us.
3: I think the only uh, quote unquote marketing that we really had was Sarah going to, was it Gen Con? She went to, yeah. Gen and oh, yeah, she yeah. handed Gen out Con. a few things. That was about the extent of our marketing. So thank you, Sarah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the thing for me, like when I was like, man, I think we like, we're, we're really starting to take off and we made it was, um, we started getting stuff in the mail. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that was which cool. Which was like, yeah. we, we got a PO box, and we're like, hey, you know, we we'll get this PO box, and like nobody will probably ever send us stuff. And people just started sending things, and we're like getting like stuffed Izra's and like somebody sent us a Senate board, and they're like actually decorating our studio yeah. right I now. I really
4: want a chicken, and I really want new dice for
2: Hollis because I suck at rolling. Not uh, a live chicken.
4: No, a live chicken. Although Jessica really does want chickens. No, but, no, you our yard not them big them enough for Jowls chickens. County. And goats. Also
0: that. But uh, yeah, when we started getting stuff in the we're mail, in the I think was the moment that I was like, oh. "What? Like people? People really like us?" When, and when us Rick told things. us, people
1: were emailing us with like questions about the show. I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, people just, started drawing. Things, yeah, like characters. And we were "Yeah, yeah. fan
2: art." And all the, we we absolutely adore the fan art and all of your generosity, but uh, but no. no, there was never really a moment that we did any paid advertisement or anything like that. It has always been kind of an organic word of mouth.
1: We're <laughs> just everyday people like yeah. I, like like I said we love all of our fans and thank you so much for everything you do for us and mm-hmm. our patreon and everything else it's just amazing
2: yeah i mean i i think a lot of it's just organically it eventually happens
0: you know? Yeah, no, yeah, it does because like at some point, like Rick started giving off the numbers of like subscribers, and I just was like blown away. I'm like, I can't believe there's a thousand people, we two def-
2: thousand people that listen to us every week. Like it's crazy. I will share an anecdotal thing. I'm gonna make Heather uncomfortable for oh, this. Oh God! I think it's when uh, we went to Pisocon this last year, and Luis Lozo remembered Heather's name. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That she got all fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> That was the moment for her.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's cool that people that work for Paizo recognize yeah. you just because you've been to PaizoCon so, so much and talked to them before. Yep.
2: Gary, have more for us? Uh, yeah,
1: actually.
0: Well, so Gary signs off. Anyway, we would love to meet up with you guys at some point, especially since we're both in the DFW yeah. area. Yeah. Keep up the good work.
3: Oh, y'all yeah, as well. Thank yeah. you. And yeah. Yes,
2: Absolutely. And again, there's there's so much podcasting talent in the DFW area. Mm. It is amazing even outside of the Pathfinder community yeah the D&D I was gonna say D&D the, the D&D community has yeah. got
0: a fair few number as well it's just a uh it's kind of weird because it's like I remember a podcast from like back in the 90s oh it's just like talk radio type mm-hmm. stuff and now it's like got this weird resurgence where suddenly all these uh, actual play podcasts are coming out and like all this cool
2: lore stuff no, no one has time to watch video anymore yeah I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe it's that the only time we can listen to things is on our drives so. all these millennials killing videos and only oh going my back God. to podcasts
3: <laughs> video uh, killed I the radio star room, and then the radio came back and killed it
2: yeah. <laughs> everything's sick i don't have time for this with my two jobs anyway yeah uh, sad. It's <laughs> sad and true uh is that the last of our emails uh yeah that's
0: wait he says double triple checking yeah that's the end of it okay. so that's uh that's all the emails that we got this week that we're reading on air we did have plenty more um keep it coming guys because uh we love
2: hearing from you guys yeah, we, yes, we will really get do. through them as quickly as possible about- and you can
1: find us on twitter and reddit
2: yeah. yeah, we might eventually just need to do something else just dedicated to, to reading through all this stuff so we get all of your, your amazing comments and questions out on air. So, yep. yes. But that is something we'll work to future. in the future,
0: the future. for you would be
2: now. But actually, before we move on to our next segment, Casting the Deities and all the rest of that, I did want to mention that we received a, uh, a wonderful email from Lauren in the UK who says hello from the UK? Oh. She provides a question and everything else. We're running a little bit long, so uh, Lauren will actually will address your, your email in the next after party, which will be in another three weeks or so. However, she does say, It was my partner Jason who got us into Pathfinder in the first place, and he's been pretty much our sole DM throughout. It's also his birthday uh, oh, in the man, after nice. party, so could uh, I ask for a birthday shout out for him? Certainly. Happy birthday, Jason. Happy, Happy, birthday. Happy birthday. birthday.
4: To the forever GM. For the forever. Yes,
2: to the forever GM. Welcome to the club.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: comes with no benefits. Uh, Other than the eternal love of your players.
4: Yeah. And absolute control.
2: <laughs> an I mean, absolute you fun. know. That too. Kind of. That's, uh, those are fringe benefits. An illusion. So thank you, uh, Lauren and uh, Jason. I don't know if Jason is also from Oxford, but uh, Lauren from Oxford at the very least. So, mm. and... Uh, yeah, I guess it's guess on to casting.
1: Yeah, and now yeah. to the most important part of the after party: casting a god. That's true. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. The <laughs> left.
4: I
3: don't dun, know. Dun. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I don't know who's left. Who's left? And so we go into the hundred eighty We had a tally of like who's gotten who.
0: I don't. I think I've won none.
3: They're on the Reddit. No. On the Reddit, what? I
0: haven't
2: gotten a single
3: one. You want Horus. But you want yeah, but Horus? Horus isn't on, on that list. But he so. should be. Yeah, he should
2: be. I got Horus, but that's it. All right, well, we're approaching the end here. So, uh, Jordan, if you'll bounce oh. me D4. D4, you say? A one. Ooh. Come on, Torek. For today, we're going to be doing Old Deadeye himself. Hey! A ah. Rastle. Nice. The god of family, farming, hunting, and trade.
4: We haven't done a Rastal yet? No,
2: we haven't done a rastle yet. I'm done.
4: I know who
2: I'm doing. A rastle, also known as Old Deadeye, is an ancient deity who first became known on Galerion when early humanoids began to domesticate and dominate their natural surroundings. Pastoral legends claim that Old Deadeye crafted the first bow as a gift to mortals so that they might learn to hunt and survive in the dangerous world. Though civilization has continued to advance beyond simple villages, Erastel remains popular in tradition and in the frontiers of the world, a transitional figure between the worship of the green faith and the religion of cities. Erastel is primarily a nature deity, focusing on plants and animals that farmers, hunters, and ranchers deal with uh, in their challenging lives. He is also a god of close-knit communities and families, and has a protector aspect that only surfaces when such things are threatened. Erastyl eschews crusades and brazen heroism, and he has no grand plans to eradicate chaos and evil from the world. He simply wants people to be able to live their lives in peace without the threat of being devoured by monsters, constricted into an army, or destroyed by world-ending magic. He is a stern patriarch whose spirit is hard as wood. He isn't afraid to face down a bully, nor is he too proud to calm a frightened child. He teaches how to read the turnings of the seasons, how to know when to sow and reap, and how to tell when livestock are sick and gravid, how to poultice a wound and set a broken leg, how to spot a straggling sheep or the signs that a dog has gone rabid. He believes that cooperation leads to friendship and safety and that if mortals respect the gifts of nature it will sustain them. He loves customs that are encouraged strong family bonds no matter how quaint they may be by modern standards and enjoys hunting for sustenance but not for sport. Happy weddings and new babies make him smile he is not one to spout philosophy and instead gives practical advice and hands-on teaching. Arastle's avatar is an upright hunter with the head of an elk, clad in well used leathers and carrying a simple bow. Old legends say that halflings and humans see him as a member of their own race, even when members of both races are looking at him at the same time. Some representations show him as a fully human, usually Olfin or Kellet heritage, depicting how he sometimes appears to children, lost travelers, or those he simply does not wish to reveal his divine nature to. Okay. I got mine. Old Deadeye himself. Got mine. Okay, go for it. You don't want to go
0: first? Uh, I mean, I can go first. All right. I don't know why this popped into my head. I've always liked this guy as an actor, um, so I think it'd be really interesting to not have his most defining feature, which I find to be his beard. Gerard Butler. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah.
3: I could see him as like a hunter type.
0: Yeah, because he's kind of like, he's, he could be like a woodsman kind of thing. He's never done a role like that, but he's got really good range, so. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I went to that, maybe because I was thinking 300, and I was like, those 300 abs. You know, <laughs> somebody <many> buff. <laughs>
2: That's fair. Yeah?
3: Okay. Um, I think mine's an interesting choice, This actor, is he's done a wide span of different roles, and that's why I think that he could encompass it really well. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, who plays Mad-Eye Moody. Okay. Okay. Um, Interesting. He has a very
2: distinctive voice. Yeah, Yeah, he does, yeah. The
3: first thing I ever saw him in was Braveheart because uh, yeah. he played Hamish and then he's been in so much stuff he's been in *Embruge*, which whenever he was talking about you know like the the helpful mentor mm-hmm. character I was like okay he's good at that Mad-Eye Moody he's good as like that you know he's an auror he's hunting things down and he's just had so many different roles where he's played so many different things and I could imagine him kind of elkish
1: <laughs> you
4: know, <laughs>
3: you know
1: they, with an elk you know, head yeah I, I, I could <laughs> picture okay. it
3: but he and also he has just a very distinct voice and I think yes. uh, okay. I think Brendan Gleeson
2: all right all right. Well, Heather's still thinking, so I'll go ahead and do my pitch. Mostly because I'm, I'm thinking of the one that kind of grizzled the grizzled woodsman side, but two, the ability to be so charming and uh, and friendly. Hugh Jackman.
3: Oh, yeah. okay. He, yeah.
2: he has that gravitas. He has yeah. that amazing voice. I could just picture him as this like the woodsman kind of thing, either in his uh, his ruggedly handsome perpetual state or his more grizzled state, like he did in Logan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, old man so, Logan. Like yeah. old man Logan thing. So again just the fact that he looks the part of this canadian woodsman uh, uh, yeah despite the fact that he's
3: he's canadian no, no. no he's australian it, logan yeah. in uh yeah X-Men. yeah wolverine canadian.
2: Is, is canadian but despite the fact that he's australian he does have that like just came out of the pine woods sort yeah. of lumberjack yeah. look. lumberjack look to him so yeah that's my pitch
4: my pitch is for jason momoa hmm because yep. <laughs> he can be very intimidating but also just the nicest person in the whole world yeah that's and true and he kind yeah. of you can kind of from the things that he cares about and does Cares about family and that sort of thing and community based yeah. on like him as a human being. Yeah, I him as a yeah. human. Being,
2: yeah. But, oh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even think about that because I should have also said The Rock because The yeah. Rock does a whole. Oh, he, was, uh, he, yeah. was, he was
3: one of my 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 thoughts. Now I'm just
2: imagining like <laughs> the elk, but doing the eyebrow raise.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to change your pick, Jason Momoa.
2: No, Jason Momoa is great. Although. <laughs> He's been, we, he gets picked a lot. On, on the subject crazy. of our recording schedule and everything else, we do not actually know the result yet of whether or not Jason Momoa is... goes right yet, but Jason yeah, Momoa. he was my
4: pick yeah, for
0: that one. I was going to say,
2: because mm-hmm. he comes up like three or four times
0: at least he's come up.
4: I've been saving him for a rascal uh, for a yeah. long time. Right, yes, That's What you got? Okay,
1: I had to Google because I cannot re- ever remember this actor's last name, and I'm going to butcher it probably because it's Italian, but Joe Manginello. Oh, Manginello. Oh, Manchinello. Yes. Yes. Manchinello. oh He would be good. Um. Mm. It popped in my head immediately when he said Rastle, but then I had to Google to figure out his last name. I just—I don't know why he said Rastle and my brain went immediately to that.
2: Yeah, so. he would probably be very proud to play that role, as he is a rabid D and D player. <laughs> yes, uh, death saves is actually really cool. So no, I can see, I can see him, and he also has a fairly distinctive voice. So yeah, all the all yeah. the options actually really do. Mm-hmm. Good luck. I have both. a
1: feeling this is going to be left up to our fans. About, sure.
2: Although, just to throw this out there, and this isn't actually because I can't cast this person, because it's not a real person, but my mind also immediately went to uh, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. like no, She's basically sure. the embodiment of, uh, of Woods Woman at what's that the, point. Uh, what's uh, the
0: herald of uh, Erastal?
4: Aloy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was getting
2: to that. Yeah, basically Aloy,
0: but What is the, uh, I forget what the herald, I I don't really know the heralds all that well, so. Probably a deer. (laughs) But a deer with like laser beams for eyes? (laughs) What? I don't know, it's a herald, it's got magic, I don't know. (laughs) Something to make it 15th level.
1: I mean, they're usually outsiders.
0: Yeah,
2: so it's gotta be some fancy deer. I've just read over
1: a few of them, Mm. like.
2: Give the reward. Jessica,
1: hey! Is it a big? Is it a big? Deer? Uh, it's the
2: grim white stag. White yeah. <laughs> stag. Uh, it's a gigantic stag, like being the one from uh... blurring the line between plant and beast, with his horns branching out like the limbs of some ancient leafless tree.
4: Princess Mononoke. That's what they're saying. not there a giant deer yeah, in princess, princess Mononoke. Mononoke. He's not white though. Oh, cool.
0: Nice. Oh, that's
2: cool, yeah. So it looks kind of like moss-covered and stuff.
3: You know, it kind of has the vague look of, like, the wires and stuff coming off of the machines from
1: her. Oh, yeah, like the cool elk uh,
2: machines. Yeah, Yeah. the ones you can ride around, Uh yeah. Anyway,
1: but yeah, have fun voting for that on Reddit because everybody's pretty much standing by their own choice on this
0: one. Yeah, you I won't be bad. mad. That, also, yeah, because that was, Hugh Hugh was a, good, a good, batch. Can
2: still kind of sing too.
0: Dude, I mean, okay, still let's, let's be real. Hugh Jackman's got a Tony. He can totally sing. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <That's true. laughs> he did Oklahoma. He, he
0: did the. Uh, I think he's one of the one of the actors that's done the triple threat. They've gotten an Emmy, a Tony, and uh, he's Oscar. probably going for I mean, an egot more.
3: to be honest. Maybe, so.
0: yeah. I don't know. Like uh, he's. I don't know if he's got an Oscar. Yeah, he's ridiculously talented. I know, I know I don't think
3: he has. I know he's gotten a Tony.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, that's all we've got for you this week, Pathfolk. Keep writing. Keep listening. Keep playing. Yes. I mean, if you're playing, definitely keep playing. If you're not, what's wrong with you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, circumstances. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's usually circumstances. If you
1: can't play, try
4: to play. If you I can't guess. play, play a video game. yes.
2: If you can't play, play vicariously through us. Yes. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. True.
4: <laughs> roll your own dice and imagine what we would have gotten if you were playing. <laughs>
2: and, and,
0: and love the fact that you roll better than Jessica.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: roll your own dice and imagine if Jessica could roll above a five. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Man, last episode yes. was nuts. Yep, it's rough Two, 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 one. We will so. see you out there, Pathfolk. Good luck, Pathfinders.
4: Bye. Bye. Bye.